morning, fair fincabularian folk. It is Wednesday morning on February 19th, 2020, and I commend you for being up this early with me, keeping me company, even knowing that some of your contemporaries are still snuggled up in bed. I have not claimed to be a morning person, ever. The idea in the past of having to pull myself up from bed too early is still pretty distasteful, but nor do I particularly like working night times. So, with very few exceptions, I have been lucky to have my shifts start early and end early. The grumpiness and coaxing my brain to function before sunrise is nothing that a little movement and a little coffee cannot fix. Slogging through an after-lunch into evening schedule seems to stretch infinitely, and by then my energy has waned. So I've braved many a pre-dawn shift and survived. I'm currently trying to convince myself that I can be a riding superwoman by being awake increasingly early hours each day in slow, steady increments. If I can commit to setting an alarm for 2 a.m. almost every week, once a week this year, in order that this podcast be a reality and not a mere wish, I can be up at the very least 7 a.m., 6.30 a.m. tops on other days, right? I can do it, right? It's honestly been slightly harder in reality than it is in theory. I've implemented a work-slash-writing-slash-business plan for myself that requires a pretty full, though autonomous, schedule, and ideally in order to be able to fit in everything I wish to accomplish. I have to admit to myself that I need to allot more hours in the day, hence the earlier waking hours. It is still a struggle. The habit has not taken. I still occasionally give myself a mental kick in the rear, when I fall behind on my own expectations. If you have any tips or brilliant solutions, please let me know. I'm open to suggestions. This week, the themes I've been sharing with the writing community and my social circle in general are paying forward with kindness and the enduring power of fairy tales. There's a connection there somewhere. I'm contemplating that on a daily basis. I was scouting around for an appealing topic to share on social media, and a post about random acts of kindness popped up on an article I perused online. For the past four days, and the remainder of the week, I have challenged friends to perform at least one act of kindness every day, providing suggestions on my Instagram stories. The fairy tales have presented themselves as perfect for producing writing prompts daily to share, in the hopes that they help fellow creatives with their current works in progress or developing new projects. Please check out the ideas on my Instagram account at Finn underscore Bell, P-H-Y-N-N-E underscore B-E-L-L-E. If you do use the prompts, feel free to tag me with your story, poem, or artwork on the platform. Since another theme that I've recently closed up was reliving anecdotes about some of my eight years in the Philippines, It gave me this idea to share with you perhaps one of the most well-known fairy tales that has both admirers of its rag-to-rich story and those that disparage what they believe to be its message of a girl who does very little or possesses very little virtue but manages to snag the heart of a prince. I want to share with you a Cinderella story, but not the one you may be most familiar with. As you probably already know, possibly a testament to the sheer power of storytelling and how far-reaching oral history can be. 
the story of a girl with cruel relatives, a fairy godmother, and even glass slippers, or another equally enchanting magical item, has found its way into many different cultures who have their own fascinating version of the story. This morning, I would like to read to you the story of Abadeja, the Philippine Cinderella, adapted by Myrna J. De La Paz. Abadeja, the Philippine Cinderella. Once upon a time, in one of the sunny islands of the Philippines, there lived a man named Abak and his wife, Abadesa. They had a beautiful little daughter whom they loved very much, and they called her Abadeja. But when Abadeja was 13 years old, her beloved mother died. They buried her in the cool shade of the forest. When the father remarried some years later, he had no idea how spiteful the woman was. She had three daughters of her own and hated Abadeja on sight. She vowed to herself to make the poor girl's life miserable, and she did. She soon had her working like a slave. Abadeja had to clean the house, wash the dirty laundry, fetch water from the river, and cook all their meals. Then came the worse. Her new mother and sisters actually threw her out of her own room. They made her sleep on the floor in the kitchen all alone. And how they teased her. But why do you ever love to powder your face with soot, kitchen princess, they sneered. When Abadeja became exhausted, her stepmother told her, You good-for-nothing, lazy girl. Next time, I will whip you with the tail of a stingray to make you move. Every day, things got more and more difficult. It seemed that the stepmother would stop at nothing. One day, she demanded, go to the river and wash these two handkerchiefs until the white one turns black and the black one turns white. Do exactly as I tell you, or I shall whip you until your bones break. So Abadeja went to the river, remembering how much her mother had loved her and feeling so alone She became lost in thought. Without realizing it, she prayed aloud. O Batala, God of the earth, O Anito, spirits of my ancestors, hear me, please. O dear mother, I have become a slave in my father's house. That was when she heard a rustling and turned to see a beautiful, radiant lady looking tenderly at her. I am the spirit of the forest, and I watch faithfully over this place. She motioned with her hand, and out of nowhere, a young man and a young woman appeared and bowed respectfully. They danced magical steps into the water 
and out again. And Abadeja could see now that the black handkerchief had now turned white, and the white one black. Thankfully, she accepted them and ran home. Her stepmother was not happy to see that she had accomplished this task, and the next morning commanded her to spread newly harvested rice on a mat to dry in the sun. Then she told Abadeja to go to the granary to pound rice and to winnow to separate the husk from the grain. Finally, she told Abadeja to go to the kitchen and cook the rice in a clay pot. But while the poor girl was trying to cook a bit of the rice, a greedy pig came and tore the mat into tatters while gobbling the rice that was drying in the sun. Now the stepmother pulled the girl's hair and beat her, ordering her to reweave the mat at once. Abadeja cried all the way to the riverbank. The spirit helped her again. Three girls appeared who skillfully started to weave the mat together. Soon it was good as new. Now the spirit invited Abadeja to her home in the enchanted cave under a huge tree deep in the forest. There, she showed her a hen with feathers with the colors of the rainbow and a long flowing tail. I have never seen such a beautiful chicken, said the girl, so the generous spirit gave it to her for a pet. When she got home with the mat and the chicken, the stepmother became suspicious. If I ever find out how you are cheating me, you will be in deep trouble, she screamed. And then that wicked woman took the chicken, saying that she would care for it. She made her stepdaughter get back to work. But early the next day, the stepmother took the chicken from the coop and chopped its head with the knife. Then she roasted it for dinner. Poor Abadeja was horrified, and the vicious woman said, This chicken is big and fat. We will have a delicious dinner tonight. And Abadeja ran out to her coop, where she found the dead chicken's feet. Clutching them, she ran to the river, and again the spirit appeared. She told her to plant the feet on her mother's grave and pray to her ancestors, and the girl did just so. The rainy season came and went, and the girl went back to check the gravesite. What a surprise she had! The chicken feet that she had planted had grown into an enchanted tree, flowering with all sorts of treasures, such as rings, bracelets, necklaces, earrings, pearls, diamonds, and golden dresses. The girl gathered these and returned home. What a fury awaited her there, another beating, and now a filthy old blanket to mend and clean. Meantime, the son of the chieftain of that island was out hunting pigs. He suddenly came upon a chicken 
most glorious, with tail feathers that trailed far behind it, and feathers that shimmered with blues, yellows, reds, and blacks. It flew to the top of a tree covered in gems, and the young man knew he was on sacred ground. He made an offering and said a prayer and asked permission to take a ring. This he slipped on his finger and departed. At home, his finger pained him, and he saw that the ring constricted it. His father called the healer who said, Listen to your heart. Perhaps it will tell you what to do. That night, he dreamed of a chicken with streaming rainbow colors, which turned into a maiden whom he longed to kiss. The pain was gone, and so was the ring. But then he awoke, and the ring throbbed still. His father asked about the dream and then said to the town crier, Go out and beat your drum and tell everyone that the girl who can remove the ring from my son's finger will become his bride. So the crier did, and all the girls ran out. Abadeha's three sisters went out, but when she begged to be allowed, her stepmother locked her in the kitchen. That's when the spirit arrived, let her out, and said, The young man is waiting for you. Go and see him now. So she did. But how everyone screamed and sneered when the poor, dirty girl showed her face. All the people looked in disbelief as Abadeha in her ragged clothes approached the young man. She easily removed the ring and he kissed her with joy and relief. Then the whole island rejoiced at their wedding. All the best dancers, singers, musicians, poets, and magicians came to the wedding. Abadeha wore the jewels from the spirit tree, and that day was the beginning of a long and happy life for Abadeha and the prince. If you enjoyed this reading and would like me to share more stories in the future, please leave me a comment here on Anchor. If you would like to read more great stories, please check out both my new blog on Medium at medium.com at t.thejesus.poet and my creator's page at vocalum.media under my name, Trisha de Jesus Gutierrez as well as other very talented writers and creators at both platforms. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter under the handle at FinBell. Please continue to show your love for all arts, writers and poets, photographers, illustrators, painters, dancers, and singers by supporting us through following and donating to the platforms where we share our media. Thank you.